return of the midweeks. Hello, it's the Playlist of God. It's Saturday, and we're going to be looking at Psalm 4. Now, I do apologize. Last week, I forgot to post something for the weekend. I think I thought it was all lined up on my computer, but it wasn't. So I apologize if, any, if it ruined your day, and I hope it did, because that means that, you know, you're enjoying this. So I hope it ruined your day, and I apologize that it ruined your day. Anyhow, we're going to be looking at Psalm 4 today. Another psalm, um, crying out distress, but a great psalm with a very well-known quotation from it in the New Testament. So, Psalm 4, to the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm of David. So there's the title. Um, some people debate, again, whether or not the titles are God's inspired word or if they're notes put in afterwards from copyists who would have recorded the psalms from one generation to the next. Um, doesn't really matter, you know, who's going to question whether or not they're authentic titles. Um, you, We wouldn't have any data to suggest otherwise. But here we are. This is a cry of distress psalm. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. So the psalm starts with the theme. David's in distress and he's crying out to the Lord. And he even remembers, you, you, have, been, you have given me release, relief when I was in distress. So he's remembering that God's done this before. So he's calling afresh to the God of his righteousness. Verse 2, O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? Selah. So here's his situation. He's dealing with men who are degrading him. I'm not sure exactly how. Um, could it be slander? Could it be people who have promised to walk in fellowship with, God, with David in his faith and that they're turning aside to idolatry? When it says seeking after lies, that, that usually makes me think of idolatry. It's seeking to worship a lie instead of the true God. Verse 3, but know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call him. So remember, Hebrew poetry works by pairs, by not identical twins, but fraternal twins. And you, they look similar, but there's differences. And you're supposed to see the similarities and see the differences and go what's, see what's going on there. So the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. What does that mean? What does this setting apart mean? Well, it's explained in the next line, the Lord hears when I call. So he set them apart to be people he listens to. When they cry out, he's attentive. That's what he's thinking about. The godly are set apart as people the Lord specifically is wanting to answer their prayers when they're in distress. So then in verse 4, David turns to the people and gives them a wisdom encouragement or a directive. Be angry and do not sin. Pondering in your own hearts, on your beds, and be silent. Selah. So again, Selah is one of those sayings that it either means like a musical break or think about that. But here's the command. Be angry and don't sin. And it's a bit curious. Why is he going there? Is he addressing the people who were turning his honor into shame before? Were they people who were out of control in their anger and maybe embarrassing themselves and David with him as their king by how they respond to angry situations? by sinning when they're angry? Is that what's going on? Don't know. But David gives him this command. When you're angry, don't sin in your angry anger. Instead, go and think. Go and think. Be, be quiet and think it through. 
Go, go be by yourself on your bed. So this is the original timeout. Now this verse is actually quoted in the book of Ephesians, and Paul picks up this command to not sin in anger as something that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do as we live out our faith in Christ. And it's a good reminder that the godliness of the Old Testament has a lot in common with the godliness of the New Testament. The big difference is that through the cross of Jesus, the forgiveness that we've always needed was truly fulfilled and better fulfilled. And we've also been given the Holy Spirit so that we're able to do the law written on our hearts. The problem with the law in the Old Testament was that people could not do it because it was just an outward word going towards broken hearts or sinful hearts. But in the New Testament, we have a new life. We're born again. And so we're actually enabled by the Holy Spirit to grow in the godliness that wasn't available to us in our flesh before. Verse 5, offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. So here's a connection with the verse before. Be angry and don't sin. What you're supposed to do instead is go to the Lord and worship him. Trust the Lord and worship him. Verse 6. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face on us, O Lord. You've put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. So again, verse 6, very interesting. Why does he go there? There are many who say, who will show us some good? So perhaps he's dealing with some people who are uh, speaking vain words, seeking after lies, bringing dishonor upon David because they're angry, they're sinning in their angry anger, and it's because they feel like there's some kind of good missing from their life. They feel like they're being, um, they're endangered, they're threatened, they're impoverished, they're being robbed. Perhaps that's what's going on here. And so David's hearing them say, no one can show us any good. Who's going to show us some good? And so he turns that need of the people into a prayer. Lift up the light of your face on us, O Lord. So show us you doing good to us. Show us you doing grace to us, doing mercy to us. Verse 7, you put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abounds. And so this is David, even as he's praying for circumstances to change, he wants to also confess that just knowing God is better than the stuff God gives. Just worshiping him, knowing him, being near to him, puts more joy in David's heart than when it's party time, when grain and wine abound. That's during a feast time, that's during a harvest time, a time of celebration. And David just says, my joy in the Lord is greater than their joy in when things are going well. And so in peace, I will lie down and sleep. So verse eight, this almost connects with verse four, where it says, ponder in your hearts on your bed. David, because of his faith and his joy in the Lord, he says, I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone make me dwell in safety. So through this meditation, he cries out, he speaks to sinners, he encourages them, he counsels them. His end result is, I am able to go and lie down in peace, not angry, in peace, knowing that it's the Lord who makes him dwell in safety. So this is a psalm. This is a psalm for people who need the Lord, a psalm for people who are dealing with anger, a psalm for people who need to work through their emotions to come to a place of resting in God. And David shows us how to do it. And David's life really was a, a testimony to doing this. He had some catastrophic falls, but much of his life was also finding strength in the Lord in difficult times. And we can too. We have the same Holy Spirit inside of us that David had as king. And by faith in Jesus Christ and trust in God the Father, we too can 
grow in learning to dwell in the peace that comes from knowing that God makes us dwell in safety. And amen.